Hello. Hello. How are you? Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I actually am. I'm surprisingly okay right now. Um, I'm not really looking at the results right now. Uh, but when I woke up this morning after I was exhausted last night and I just was like totally fell asleep, but I kept having flashes of just like terrible nightmares, you know, like, uh, like, like Trump, Trump was gunned down by Antifa, you know, stuff like that. Like, like, right. like, 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 like or I'm, I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> like it was all. Any any horrible thing, you know, that is on one hand great and on the other hand horrible. Um, and then when I woke up this morning, I, you know, saw that Trump declared victory, which of course he, he, we all knew he was going to do that. Um, and then I've got on Twitter, and I found a wash of of relatively calm and optimistic people on Twitter which was strange. And so I'm currently relatively calm. I don't know if I'm optimistic, but I'm relatively calm. And, uh, and, and I don't want to talk about the election, obviously, but uh, for, for this episode, and if we need to, we could do it off air again. But like, I am, I am always incredibly amazed at the Jesus is on the throne crowd suddenly deciding that Jesus is off the throne when Trump says there is election fraud. Um, because you can't have it both ways, f family. You know, you just can't. Like, either either all things on heaven and on earth happen due to Jesus' design, or they don't. You know, you can't, otherwise you can't just be like, well, here it's all happening due to Jesus' design. But over here, it's not. Like, it gets it gets tricky. You know, like, like no, bullshit. I don't need that. Like, Babylon B posted their their you know every four years the polls are in Jesus is on the throne thing and all of the libertarian and got people kept kept posting it and then suddenly oh the Democrats are still in the election which means Satan is on the throne <laughs> I'm like give me a break <sighs> that's my yeah. hot take that's a solid hot take not a great hot take as far as hot takes go. Not a great one. No. And all of the local elections here um, went in a really <laughs> gross and awful and terrible direction. Uh, you know, neo-Nazi Madison Cawthorn is going to be representing me in Congress. Just like, he's just a horrible person. I, I yeah, we can't go down this road. I, I, in therapy on Monday, my therapist was like, how are you? And I was like, okay. Uh, and I said like one sentence of like, this is how my week was. And then I just like broke down. I was like, I'm tired of being patient and kind with horrible people. <laughs> like yep. I'm tired of pretending that there isn't a clear right and wrong in these scenarios. Like, uh, I went on, I just, and she just let me do it. And it was good. It was helpful. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice of her. I'm tired of being patient and kind with horrible people should be the tagline of what the hell is a pastor. Because <laughs> um, isn't, isn't that just the millennial pastoral condition? Yeah. United I mean, Methodist Church. United Methodist pastors. 
tired of being uh, patient and kind with horrible people. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, oh goodness. It's, Sarah Lanzi posted something on Facebook along along those lines of like, uh, listen, like, I, I don't have any patience for it anymore. Like, shut the fuck up if you're voting for Trump. He's putting children in cages. What the fuck? And um, one of the, it was somebody like the first commenter <laughs> that I saw was like, and I didn't look at the comments. I was just scrolling past the post. Uh, was like, is it loving to tell people to fuck off and, and and just like went down this rant about how we're not being loving toward conservatives? And Sarah Lancy, all those like, poor conservatives. What are they gonna do if people aren't loving and kind to them? And like, miss me with this bullshit. Like. Uh, <sighs> And I don't know how to fix it. Like that's the, that's kind of my core issue right now with uh, the world. Well, I have two core issues. My first core <laughs> issue, <laughs> like my, my two core problems are that uh, I am tired of having to uh, love horrible people. And mm. I also am, I don't know how to explain to people that they're being horrible. Like. Right. We're just, we're just pretending that it's, that there is a justification for taking children away from their parents and putting them in cages because they cross the border illegally when borders are made up things. <laughs> like, sure. Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I was working the polls yesterday. And the man came up and he was so excited to vote. He hadn't registered to vote. Um, he had never voted before in his life. He was clearly in his like mid forties. And um, I was like, well, we can give you a provisional ballot and the board of elections will just verify it. And, um, and that'll be what it'll be. And he was like, okay, let's do that. I get him registered and it gets to the part of the registration uh, where you choose to affiliate with a party. Uh, and I was like, do you want to affiliate with a party? And he goes, what do you mean? And I'm like, like a political party. Uh, like, do you want to register as a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent? Like, you can be unaffiliated too, and you don't have to choose. And he goes, well, what is Trump? And I was like, I, I like, I blinked for a second. And in, in my blinking, he was like, Trump's a, like, he's a Republican, right? And I was like, yeah, he is, he's a Republican. He's like, okay, then that, that's because uh, I'm voting for Trump. Uh, and I registered him as a Republican. We got him as ballot and he voted and he uh, it, it was very excited and proud of himself. Um, and like, just the fact that this person who didn't like come across as particularly hateful, sure. but um, like, and didn't even didn't even know enough to know that Trump is on the Republican ticket, um, but knew enough to know that he wanted to vote for Trump. Like there is, there is an astounding uh, uh, intersection of events and information that led him to that conclusion, and they are very different events and information than what I interact with, and. I don't know if it's simple enough to be like, 
well, people just need to get the fuller story because they're just really not. Or if, if there is something else at play, like, I don't know the answer to, um, how to (laughs) improve our lives together Mm -hmm. as people who live in the United States. And, uh, because I have that as a big unanswered question, then that gives me big unanswered questions about how to preach to my congregation and how to, how to interact with members of my congregation. Um, like, cause I don't, there's not a clear, this is what love looks like in every situation. Like there's not an agreed upon, this is what mm. love looks like in every situation. Um, and I, like, I'm just so afraid of doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. I do. I mean, me too. You know, I don't want to do it wrong as well. I, um, uh, don't know how things are going to end. None of us do, you know, who, who knows. Uh, and so, and I do not have any interest in being, in being one of those people that sits and analyzes after the fact. Right. Right. Cause I just think that's kind of silly. Um, particularly after over the last four years where it's just proven time and time again, that it's all silly. Um, you know, I think that, but I do think this, I think that we, um, and, and by we, I, I mean you and I, but I also mean like people like us. Um, uh, I actually think we overanalyze all of the factors for why people find themselves voting for somebody like Trump or somebody like a neo-Nazi or stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, racism. Yeah, of course. Like, like, absolutely. You know, sexism. Absolutely. All that stuff is, is, is true, I think, and, and plays a part. But I, I, I think a lot of it is kind of secondary now um, when it comes to this, because I really just think the answer is, is, is really very, is very simple. So like, you know how I'm struggling in my methods of research class with, with like some of these theorists who, who really seem to be totally disconnected from religious people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of where I'm getting, it's in this spirit that I'm thinking through this. Like, what if the answer really is just that people like Trump? Yeah. You know, and, and sure, like, like, you can, I think there's room for theorizing, you know, well, the embedded racism, the embedded sexism, the, the, the anti-blackness that's rooted in Western metaphysics, you know, um, I'm reading, a, am about to read a, uh, a black feminist theorist named Sylvia Winter. Have you ever heard of her? I have not. Oh, I'm super excited. I read about her in a book for political theology and I was like, who is this? She sounds interesting. And so I'm going to read her. She's written a bunch of essays about that. And she's, she's, um, that's, that's, she's one of the first thinkers. Other thinkers now make this claim, but in the 70s and 80s, she was one of the first thinkers. She's a Jamaican uh, theorist to, to claim that uh, anti-blackness is just a part of Western metaphysics. Right. That's just how it is. Um, 
and and so you know there there is no uh and she and she sees it she she draws the difference between man with a capital m and human beings and she says man is a western metaphysical category mm, mm, mm-hmm. um and it did and it does not parallel or correlate with the human it does not you know it is it is a myth man is a is a myth is a western myth um i and i want to pause on that for a second to point out to just like that is not somebody trying to be woke and be like oh we said man instead of humanity and it's it's like history right like it's not it's that is in no way cheap that is a like deeply profound statement that like in in western metaphysic they think that they are talking universally but they fundamentally are not and we have to understand that that like western metaphysic has a has a problem at at the core of who they understand to be in the category of man and it's not even it might be meant to be this more universal thing but it's fundamentally not like that's not how they conceive of it that's not how they work with it that's not what we see in the fruits of that metaphysic and so it, it requires a complete re-understanding. It's not a, a simple substitute. Right, right. And so I haven't, I haven't done a ton of reading. That, what I just said to you is what was, ex, was explained in this other book that I read. Right. And so, okay. like, and so I, I don't have much more to say about Sylvia Winter because I haven't, I haven't read Sylvia Winter directly yet. But I'm very excited to do it um, because I, I find that very interesting. Um, but like, but you know, like stuff like that, like, like all of that is really helpful. And I think very true to, to try to get at some different things, you know, as to, to what's, what's going on. But like, you know, more people voted for Trump this time than they did in 2016. Like, like we already know that more, more black people voted for Trump this time than they did in 2016. More white women voted for Trump this time than they did in 2016. And, and like, I really think that if you were to ask them why, and so, like, if you, you know, if, if we were scholars of religion and we would do what I want them just to do, which is just take seriously what your subjects tell you and don't immediately try to theorize it, then I, I think that the answer you get a lot of times is, because I like him. Yeah. You know, I just like him. And, um, and like, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. But like, I also remember thinking once, you know, in 2016, that if Trump uh, ran as a Democrat, he'd win by a landslide. Because I think that we all kind of because I, I think we would just like him too. Like if, if Trump came out and just said the right woke things, but said it as Trump, I think by and large, we'd all vote for him. At least, at least all the white liberals would, you know, I think by and large, we would get really excited about it. Like, oh, great. A strong man, somebody that's going to push through socialized medicine because he said he would, you know, oh, great. A strong man, you know, somebody who's, who's just, who's just going to, who's just going to make the right-wingers stop being racist because he said he would. 
you know and, and i think and, but and i think that would be the answer like i really do like i think we would give a similar answer why do you like trump i don't know i just like him um and i think that you know uh, uh yeah yeah i think i think that's part of it um but i think also yeah in your explanation just gave the reason for why they just like him. And it's because he's a straw man, a straw man. <laughs> because he's a straw he's a, man. Because he uh, he's a strong man who's going to get through the policies that they want to, to see get through. Like those are, those are reasons that are divorced from the person. Yeah. But like, you're right. But like in 2020, Trump has done nothing. Well, yeah. Yeah. But more, but more people have still voted for him. And I think all I'm all I'm just trying to get at is is that I think it would be the same if the roles were switched. I really I or at least very similar. You know, I still think there'd be plenty of Democrats who who like. I mean, there are plenty of Republicans who are like this too, who cringe every time he talks. You know, and and who, and and who get who think he's a moron and and all. Like I I still think that's there, but I think that we would just kind of do it. The Democrats especially because we we compromise on everything all the time. Um, uh, we just do. That's actually why I get really frustrated with the evangelical. I, you, you know me, I hate evangelicals, but I get really frustrated with the, uh, with the uh, agnostic left-wing evangelicals or hypocrites think pieces. Hmm. Uh, like evangelical Christians are hypocrites because they're compromising. And I'm like, you shut the fuck up because you are voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we you compromise know. on everything. <laughs> like you know, we compro we we compromise on everything. Joe Biden is a Republican. He his, his policies would have been Republican policies in any other country on the planet, and here we are. You know, we we compromise on everything. We if we if we were really not going to be hypocrites, we'd all would have stopped voting for Joe Biden. We would have sat. We would have sat home or wrote in somebody else. And so, don't give me that. Like we're all hypocrites. Evangelicals definitely are hypocrites. But you know, I could say that because I'm a Christian. <laughs> right. Well, so there, there is that. Um, yeah, I think, I think that you are uh, picking up on a thread that is not necessarily the most uh, secure to bolster your argument. Um, but like, I also like, I get what you're saying that, um, if compromise is, is what makes somebody a quote unquote hypocrite, then, uh, then we're all hypocrites. I, I think that there's much stronger grounds to call, uh, many evangelicals hypocrites. Um, just based on like, you know, what they have supported in presidents um just like that they wanted to impeach bill clinton for um for making uh for doing terrible things while in office in regards to sex but then they're also willing to vote for donald trump who we have the same evidence that he does terrible things in regards to sex so like that's hypocritical Right. Um, and that's not, I, I don't think that's a moral compromise. That's just them switching positions. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, it's too easy to beat up on like 
capital E evangelicals that we're all angry at because there are, um, there are still people who show up at evangelical churches and uh, would have wrestled through um, voting for Trump or maybe wrote in somebody else, but like still go to this church. I, there's, there's a lot of think pieces out there that I'm like, Hey, okay. You, I thank you for being angry because you are angry at something that deserves to be angry at, but like, let's not take these as the ground of our understanding of, of the world. Because sure. uh, it's just, that's just not how it works. I sat next to another poll worker who went to uh, a church event in Georgia because where we're at in North Carolina, Georgia's real close. It was in North Georgia. Um, and yes. <laughs> Well, but mentally for me, right, like I live in my, when I say North Carolina, I think Chapel Hill, which is. Oh, I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like I'm, you're like, even, I was like, yeah, I can picture where Georgia is, you know, (laughs) I I got you. Yeah, but like, I am not great at geography. So No, no, I know what you're saying. Yes, I know what you mean. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, No, you're good. Um, And she was like, and it was just, it was just great to be there. And there was probably about 200 of us and nobody wore masks. And I was like, oh no, oh no. I'm sitting beside somebody who went to a super spreader event last night. And, and she was like, I mean, we kept our distance, but like we were able to sing and be together and hear good preaching. And it was just important. And, you know, unless the governor is going to pitch a fit, I think that like, we're not going to go back down into lockdown. I think, I think things have to change because nobody wants things to stay the way they are. And it was like, up until this moment, you and I have worked very well together (laughs) and like things have been fine. And like, we've enjoyed talking about like the books that we are reading and like many other shared experiences and like on many things you are logical and we are, we are in agreement. And um, then you say something like this and I just hear the propaganda falling out of your face And, um, like, I don't know what to do with that situation. Like, this is not a person who is inherently evil. This is not a person who's, uh, like, consciously being hypocritical. This is not a person who's trying to be manipulative. This is a person who is just trying to live her life. And um, it is getting fed incorrect information. Um, And I think if if she was fed different information then would have made a different decision. Um, and like, I don't know whether she voted for Trump or not. Probably yes. Um, but she's not like what I think of as a Trump voter, which is somebody who is driving down main street with three Trump flags on their car in a parade every fucking day. Mm. Like, I, there, it's a spectrum of people. And I'm not saying that like, I feel very New York Timesy right now of like, what about the not mean Trump voters? Um, but like, I mean to say that for people whose job it is to interact with um, people who like, who, who would be more evangelical, who have voted Republican all of their lives and who don't understand why they're suddenly being yelled at from all sides. Like, I think it's, I think I think the underlying metaphysic is incorrect. They, they are now being asked to challenge that and they don't like that. Um, mm. I, I also think that like 
they just, they're not, they're not getting the full picture and it's not, there's no clear, easy way to give them the full picture. Cause they're, everybody's going to hate it. I mean, like imagine if you just did not, did not know how bad it was for children who are separated from their families at the border or like, like imagine the first time you find out that your government is doing something this horrible. Um, like, I think most people would have a, a moment of pause to be like, oh no, like what has happened? Like, what have we done? And I think that people just haven't been given an opportunity to sit with those facts and see like that we have done horrible things. Like, I think that they, they have just been fed that uh, God bless America propaganda and yeah. If we were, if we were just to like pull that back a little bit and say that like all of the nations will stand before Jesus in the final judgment and you will stand as an American before Jesus in the final judgment, then Jesus will say, did you welcome the stranger? And you will say, well, Lord, like, when were you the stranger? And Jesus will point to this and like, like the bottom will drop out. Like you will understand. And like, there are some people who get that in this life right now. And there are some people who like that gospel has just not landed with because they've been sold a false gospel. Um, like, I just, I, I think the power of the truth is there. I think the truth has not gotten to people because hmm. hmm. Satan has been doing Satan's work. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the, Yes, I, A, that'll preach. That's some good stuff. The nations and, you know, combining Revelation with Matthew 25. And that, that's, some, that's some good shit. I like that shit. Um, I'll put that in my back pocket for when I guest preach at a country church in Virginia. Do it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the $120. <laughs> oh, Here's you should my... get a 200 my friend. You got to oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I have no control. Um, yeah, so I think that here, here is the, the wrestling of, um, are Trump voters bad people, uh, is an interesting one because the, the field goals are change depending on how we're, we're talking about it. I, I actually think that's a kind of a key component that we don't always think about. I watched a really interesting uh, and and I was grateful for this video from uh, a pastor that I admire, Pastor Dan, who listens to the pod sometimes. Uh, he and some of, and two other gentlemen, I, I don't know if they're pastors or not, uh, after they voted, did a Facebook Live event where they, they talked as, um, you know, honestly as they can about where they see the church in America right now and stuff like that. Pastor Dan is a little more conservative than I am. He comes from a different set of traditions than I do. But Dan and I talk a lot and, um, uh, and, and I quite like him and, and I think he's a very good pastor, but uh, I uh, really appreciated this, this video. I'm glad they did that. And I sort of discovered uh, a new, just what being a good person means. It means very different things uh, depending on who you're talking to. And so 
um, a good person uh, uh, stops uh, when they see somebody stranded on the side of the road and helps them. That's a good person for maybe for a particular group of people, maybe more conservative people, perhaps. Uh, and I think that more liberal people would also say, yeah, that's a good person. Um, but if a Nazi did that, that would still be a bad person. Mm. And that's not, I don't think that that's clear for conservatives. Um, I'm not right. saying that conservatives think Nazis are, are good people. That's not what I'm saying. Although I think that there are some compromises they make that I am in no way willing to make when it comes to Nazis. Uh, and so I am not saying, if Pastor Dan listens to this, Dan, I am not saying that you and your buddies <laughs> think Nazis are good people. Not at all. I think that what I am saying is, I think that you would find the story of a Nazi stopping to help somebody stranded on the side of the road more complicated than I would. Hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's a terribly morally complicated story. Nazi, Nazis had children that loved them and families and wives and, and husbands and, and, and grandparents and parents. Nazis went to church and tithed and did all of that. Um, Nazis were virtuous and were formed in virtue traditions. That, that's all fine. I'm sure I would have met Nazis that I liked. I'm sure I have met Nazis that I liked. Hmm. But Nazis are, are bad. Um, Nazism is always bad, you know, as a power. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's always, it always comes upon and corrupts and possesses and, and is bad. And, and, and folks who believe that some people uh, are more human than others and more superiorly human than others are committing a theological heresy and a moral and a morally abominate uh, and a moral abomination. You know, it's, it's incorrect on every level. And, and I am not, I do not find it all that complicated when I am confronted with somebody who believes that people sh that, that, that brown kids separated from their parents is simply justice, justice at work, the legal system working correctly. I'm not convinced that a person who believes that uh, is, is, is a good person still if they'll, you know, help dig a family out of a fire. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually not convinced. Like, Good job. You've done the bare minimum. You know, everybody should be compelled to do that, <laughs> right? Like everybody should, should. And if you don't, then you're doubly an asshole. But like, but don't get me wrong. The same logic that says I'm a Christian, I go to church, but I don't help the needy, um, which makes me a bad Christian and a bad person is the same logic that says I am a Nazi, but I, you know, and I occasionally help the needy, but I think that 
black, brown, and Jewish people should be killed in, in, you know, in death camps. You're still a bad person. It doesn't matter if you give money to the poor. It doesn't matter if you give, uh, you know, somebody the shirt off of your back. That's, that's all ridiculous. That's all silly, you know? And, and, but uh, I guess I say all of that to, to sort of demonstrate sort of a, a, a differing goalposts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, here's a really great example. Trump donates his salary. And for some reason, well, I shouldn't say for some reason, we know why. People see that as this really good thing. Well, that's a really good thing. Trump's a good guy. It's a really good thing. And I look at that and I go, well, I don't care. I don't care about that. <laughs> you know, yeah, because he's that robbing the American people blind by having them use his resorts whenever he travels. Like, right. Well, that. He is making hand over fist more money from this presidency than any other president. It doesn't matter if he donates his salary. Like, that's just a PR move. Right. But even if it wasn't, I still sure. wouldn't care. I still wouldn't care. You know? Uh, he's still, he, his policies are still separating brown kids from their parents. He still mocks disabled and differently abled reporters. He still laughingly relives his assaults on women. My God, I don't give a shit if he gives 100% of his salary to, to the poor. I don't care. You know, none of that matters. That, that, what I mean is it doesn't complicate it. That's all. And I think that for conservatives, because of, or some conservative people, because there is that sort of personal piety element for certain mm-hmm. understandings of conservatism. Like, like I think that when you kind of arrive in the sort of, uh, and when you begin to live and move in certain evangelical circles, certain evangelical circles that are like really, really, you know, against works, the only work that matters is whether or not you your ding dong is in your pants before you get married. You know that's the only that's the only work that matters. Uh, other than that, everything is sort of allowed. You know, except for abortion. Um, but but other than that, everything is sort of allowed, and 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 that's why that's why Trump is excused constantly. You know, by by certain groups of evangelicals because. Because, you know, it's not like your work gets you into heaven anyway. It's, it's Trump's fate. Um, but, like, but I think that for a lot of what I might consider non-evangelical conservatives, so like most of the conservatives at the church I served were not evangelicals. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an element that was uh, hard for them. Or actually not that complicated. Like, like they, all they had to do was point to the times where Trump gave his salary away or all they had to do was point to the times where Trump seemed to express a kind of personal piety, a kind of, a kind of personal philanthropy, a kind of, you know, a, 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 a kind of personal virtue. It didn't matter all of the other times where it was ob- where he's obviously not virtuous anyway. It, that doesn't matter. You know, as long as they can, as long as they can, imagine that it's there it works and there are certain like key signifiers to let them know that it that this is what they're supposed to see as a virtue yeah 
Yeah, I'll go with that. I think that's fine. Um, I, <laughs> sorry, um, the bigger question I'm thinking of is like, well, you know, there is a there's a claim of sexual assault against Joe Biden that just magically fell out of the news. It didn't magically fall out of the news. This has been a bonkers year. Um, and it reasonably fell out of the news because I think it wasn't as substantial. The documents to substantiate it didn't appear in the way that it would have needed for, for the news to continue to pursue it. Uh, because like we love a scandal regardless of which party it's in. Um, and so I'm trying to think of like, like I think of Joe Biden as somebody who um, genuinely has done his best and his best hasn't been good enough a lot of the time. Uh, but like, I don't see him. Well, one, he's not a Nazi, but he's not like, a Nazi. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like, if I were to apply the personal piety framework to Joe Biden, I would like as an evangelical, knowing what evangelicals value. I mean, he's Catholic, so that's a problem. <laughs> but it is like, a problem. Outside of the Catholicism, he's he's meeting all of the benchmarks that you need a person to meet. Um, and so, but like, I also like, it's just really hard to argue that Joe Biden is like a bleeding heart liberal, right? Because he's just not. Yeah, he's not. Um, John Kasich told us he wasn't uh, at the right? DNC, you know? <laughs> like, I once again, someday we will write a book on that. Like, why 2020 DNC was uh, a, a circus performance. Why, why it was a rollicking burlesque, you know, of, of just insane, of strange weird happenings republicans came out and said don't worry joe biden's not a democrat and the democrats are like yeah he's not <laughs> and i guess neither are we and then they all look at the progressives and they're like are you gonna fucking get on board and the progressives are like yeah i mean i think climate change is literally destroying the earth but i guess it's okay that joe biden thinks fracking is cool yeah, I, uh, 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 politics is not a marriage. It's a bus. You pick the bus that gets you the closest to where you want to go. Um, at the same time, we, gotta, we have to design better bus routes when we're in charge, um, if we're ever in We charge. also got to get a different, it's funny how this, we, in order to, the analogy for politics is a public transportation system. And so eventually, in order to analogize politics, we, uh, we have to theorize public officials. <laughs> That's politics is like, is like public transportation. It's not going to work unless there are good politicians who are picking the bus routes to get us to the good politicians. Hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is hard, but I know mm -hmm. what you mean. Well, you know, there's a lot of parables that fall apart after you start picking at them. So. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I don't mind it. Um, I, uh, gosh, yeah, I, there, uh, I want in my soul, what my soul wants is like just a clear, straightforward measure of a person, right? Like, I just want to be able to be like, okay, you are a person that I can work with. Let's work together to bring about the kingdom of God. Or uh, you are a person who I am not going to be able to work with. And, uh, and I don't have to have an existential crisis over why that is. I can just move on and keep doing good work. Um, 
And I think that I have that kind of like standard in my brain, but just, it just like in the, in the moment of doing that sorting, I like walk into a, um, like a theological crisis of like, well, I don't believe that there's any one thing that makes a, that makes a person um, virtuous or saved or good, like, because I've like stepped away from that, uh, you pray the sinner's prayer and you're good right, kind right. of thought. You know, and, I couldn't pray the sinner's prayer if there was a, if, if there was a gun to my head. I'd be like, is there a script? Like, I could probably come up with something. <laughs> you know, Nick asked me this once too. And I was like, it's a sinner's prayer. And he's like, yeah, no, like, like, what do you say? And you say like, in whatever words you want to use, but you have to use at least these keywords. You have to say that you are a sinner and that you are sorry for your sins and that uh, you ask Jesus to save you from your sins. And now you are saved. Oh, it's that simple. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I, actually, I probably would have fucked it up. Like, pray the <laughs> sinner's prayer. What am I supposed to say? Ask Jesus to forgive you because you're a sinner. Okay. Ah. <laughs> you know, and you know what? Just shoot me. <laughs> Just kill me. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, 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 anyway, it's uh, it's flawed. It's all. Really it is flawed. flawed. It is flawed. But you know. Like there are people who have once upon a time in their lives acknowledged Jesus as their Lord and Savior who could really do with just coming back to Jesus and just like checking in on that sin thing, right? Oh, <laughs> of sure, like sure. of just being convicted of the fact that they have continued to sin after their sins were forgiven. Uh, and like that that's just a part of being human and that's not condemning you to eternal damnation. I <sighs> Yeah. I do not disagree. I do not disagree with you. I think that uh, perhaps this is what happens when we become adults, at least adults who try to pay attention. Like, mm. I think that it's, it's a little shocking at, at the uh, how different of realities we all live in mm. um, and all the different symbols and all the different meanings and affects and, 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 and everything, everything is always so different. And, and this is actually one of the reasons why I, I turn to, I, I try to make that local turn, right? Like mm -hmm. turning to like allowing your locale to even shape the theories you're using, right? Like, Rather than take a theory and apply it to a locale, you 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 live in the locale and you allow that because ultimately, like Democrats and Republicans in your town are going to be closer in common than than in, you know a Democrat and Republican in two different states. Right. You know what I mean? Like like there's there's a they they live in this, in a, at least a similar enough kind of world of of symbols and meanings um but yeah like i think i think we just live in radically different we we, we live as humans in very different ways you know and and i it's so like when you say but why would somebody look at joe biden and not see personal piety i i imagine it's it's because of of all of the different ways that other people are trained to see personal piety in trump 
you know, and, and, and also, you know what, I imagine it's probably because Trump just makes him feel good. You know, like, like I, that seems like such a dumb, silly way to put it. But I I think in many ways, I think that's just the answer. I think, I think Trump just makes people feel good. He certainly makes almost, you know, over, over, uh, almost half the country feel good. Yeah. That's that's why they vote for him. Well, half of the people who went to the polls to vote. Fair enough. But like. And and that's also why I, I want to maintain that you know I think that's why, if if the roles were reversed, if 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 Trump was out there interrupt if if if, if twenty sixteen rolled around and Trump was out there interrupting Ted Cruz every six seconds, saying no no no, my God, we wouldn't be able to stop laughing. Yeah. You know oh, that. I hate that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, you know that we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to stop laughing if if Trump, you know, just lying Ted Cruz. Uh, that's what he always called him, right? Until until Ted Cruz jumped on board, then he called him beautiful Ted Cruz, and he <laughs> laughed at that. I, I'll never forget that. Like when I wrote, I remember I wrote that little blog post about names, Trump's use of names. When I researched mm-hmm. that, I I found a Wikipedia of just all of the nicknames Trump uses for everybody. <laughs> and and uh, and they they chronicled that lion Ted Cruz up until Trump won the election and then Ted Cruz started saying nice things about Trump and then Trump in a press conference said oh yeah he's not lion Ted Cruz anymore he's beautiful Ted Cruz because he's on my side and then everybody started laughing and then Ted Cruz I assume plunged himself on his samurai sword and is now a rubit. <laughs> like, that's, that's what i would do you know but uh, but but yeah like, like oh my gosh come on joe we would love it we would love it we would love that he do that you know and 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 i can already imagine i remember ted cruz talked about carpet bombing people like we're gonna we're gonna light them up we're gonna carpet bomb them can you imagine in you know if trump just took took the Democrat stuff and just did his Trump thing and just kept interrupting Ted Cruz and screaming at Ted Cruz. It's like, we're not going to carpet bomb anybody. You know, that's of course ridiculous. People who, uh, Republicans are rapists and liars and thieves and they want to carpet bomb people. Some I assume are good people. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Great. We'd love it. We'd vote for him every day. I uh, want to say that I would not, but I also cannot say what I would do uh, in this scenario. But I also know that I would enjoy at least somebody making fun of Republicans on a large stage, which makes me feel a lot more empathetic for Republicans who like Trump because they've been waiting on somebody to make fun of Democrats for a while and like Democrats deserve it. Really, a lot of these Republicans should have just become like far left people because we all just sit over here and make fun of Democrats. Like it's possible to be on a better side of history and still make fun of the Democratic Party. Oh, trust me. Trust me. (laughs) I agree. Well, I was watching last night. I sat, I was sitting in my bed eating Reese's cup after Reese's cup, just like 20 Reese's cups until I almost vomited watching CNN. And all I could think of, there were two things I could think of. One, I'm so traumatized that anybody on TV that talks about politics and isn't an asshole 
I would vote for. <laughs> you know, that's fair. I that sit, is there, where I sit there and I'm like, I'd vote for that guy right now. I'd get up right now and I'd vote for him. <laughs> you know, or, or that lady, I'd vote for that lady. Oh, are you kidding? I'd vote for that lady every day of the week if I could. You know, like Andrew Cuomo, who's not a good guy. Nope. Andrew Cuomo's out there. He's like, he's like, we're going to beat COVID. Here's how we're going to beat COVID. We're going to do this, this, this. We're going to listen to scientists. We're going to beat COVID. And I'm like, I vote for Andrew Cuomo every day of the week. <laughs> every day of the week. Don't even care. Don't even care. Um, so that was one thing I realized. Like, wow, I'd vote for all of these commentators. Every one of them. <laughs> if I could. Um, multiple times. And the other thing was, like, I, the other thing was, how, how are Democrats this unlikable? Right. How are we? How are we this unlikable? Because we just are. I mean, like, this isn't me going. I like us. Why don't the world like us? I'm like, I hate us. I hate Democrats. We are the most unlikable people, apparently. You know, at least politician-wise, I think I've ever seen, and certainly more than politician-wise. You know, like, who who on planet Earth would want to go out and have and 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 talk to? Not even have a beer with. Just talk to and develop policy with. And, and talk through morals and philosophy and politics with Nancy Pelosi. Who would want to do that? And I would show, and, and, I would be, and I would be like, no, you don't. You're making it up. Like, nobody wants to do that. Not, not a person. Not a person. When, but this is, by the way, almost certainly going to be a weird minisode. <laughs> so I'm sorry. But, like, when you watched Barack Obama land that three, that, that three throw, in, in, I assume you watched that video that's been going around. No, I heard audio of it. It wasn't a free throw, was it? I thought it was a three pointer. I guess it was a three pointer. I don't know anything about basketball because you know I don't. I don't care. When he landed that three pointer, I watched that video, and and it doesn't matter that he drone struck people. It doesn't matter that he that he committed all these extrajudicial killings. It doesn't matter. I'd have voted for that man again purely from that shot i'd have been like at least he's likable you know (laughs) at least at least barack obama is is not a boring asshole oh god i I so i appreciate uh the therapeutic value of all of what you just said (laughs) um but like this i think this gets to like a really deeper Christian theological problem in that like and this is a problem that United Methodists struggle with like the bishops called for all of us to participate in this election right it was like go vote we have to participate in the governing of of this world because that is how we as Christians like follow the call to love our neighbor right like voting is loving our neighbor let's go do this like participating in this system is a part of it but not like not Christians across the centuries would do that, right? Like, there. I mean, like, the Quakers come up as an example of people who are like, you know, this doesn't seem like what Jesus wants us to do. But also, the early church did not, weren't able to participate in governing. And then the minute they get into it, right, we get this, this much more complicated question of like, well, what are, what are Christians supposed to do in, in the face of the powers of this world, because like, 
like Paul is telling us over here to obey. Um, but also like Jesus is not really interested in ruling the world in the way that politicians rule the world. And so what is the Christian's role? Like, is our role to be involved in how we govern each other or is our role to, um, to be the best Christian that we can individually be and be the best Christian communities that we can be and let the world be what the world is. Like there, there is always that tension between um, quietism, which I think allows us to uh, feel more righteous and less hypocritical and less compromising. Right. And gives us better standing to say that like all American presidents are war criminals and like, that almost just comes with the job and therefore no Christian should want to be president because you're going to have to be a war criminal and, and Jesus calls us not to do that. Or do we like get in the muck of it and say that like, like, yes, they are all going to commit war crimes and yes, we're just going to have to be okay with that because otherwise we're going to let worse people be in charge and more war crimes are going to be committed. Like that's like, there is a deeper question that goes beyond why, um, like, if you're just going to be, if you're not going to be a full-out abolitionist, right, if you just want to exist in society, then as a Christian, you're going to compromise on something at some point, and you have to pick what you're compromising on, and that's the, like, we aren't uh, theologically from what I've seen from pulpits and from anything put out by a denomination, like we are not training Christians to be capable to deal with these difficult questions. And we're not training pastors to be able to help walk people through these difficult conversations. And we don't have in the United Methodist Church denominational structures that allow for pastors to have any real kind of authority, right? Like the, I, this is, this is something that I am probably just projecting, but like, because a pastor comes in and goes out and has to get this denominational, this congregational buy-in um, and like may or may not be supported by the cabinet and is not really regarded that we are both regarded as being up on pedestals and as just being somebody that the congregation can boss around. Like we are stuck without being able to, ask people to go deeper in their faith because we haven't been doing it and people aren't prepared for it. And the minute that you ask them to really start to grapple with what it means to be a faithful Christian in this world, they just shut down because they have been the people who have been trying to keep these churches that should have died decades ago going on. Like we are too busy trying to revive the United Methodist Church instead of letting it go and enabling us to have a better witness in the world. And that means that like, we can't have intelligent discussions and we can't be good involved members of this electorate. And like, what are we supposed to do? Like, where's the moral high ground? Cause I, I just don't think that there is any, unless we're all willing to like drop everything and uh, like declare that the police need to be abolished and the military needs to be abolished and we should not let liars and rapists and thieves into public office in which case we're gonna have to reimagine all of m the majority of public offices in the united states and nobody's willing to do that work so like i don't know how you be a christian with integrity as i've said before on this podcast like there's just no good way to do it you're compromising on some level at any point in time right and that's okay. 
I actually think it is. I think it's okay. Because, well, it has to be. Um, it has to be. I guess we're wrapping up sort of this, this kind of strange mini-sode of screaming and yelling and talking about important questions. But, like, I think, I think the reason why it has to be uh, okay that, that Christians must navigate messy compromise is because this is just sort of what it means to have uh, a world screwed up in the way Christians say the world is screwed up, you know, and, and to be, and to be people trying to be people well in that world, you know, remember like one of the, as you know, like one of the, one of the insights that the gospel writers had is that when God becomes a human, the world is so screwed up that it kills God. <laughs> right. You know, and, and this is, this would have been a human being that essentially does what a human being is supposed to do in the world. Like, 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 like is the most, you know, that's, that's what Christian theologians say. Jesus is, it, it's not that Jesus is superhuman. Jesus is, is human. He's human in, he's the most human we're all a little not human enough, you know, <laughs> where Jesus is sort of the most human. But, but when that happens, the world is such that, well, that kills people like that. And that's, and that's how it is. And so I guess my point is, is that I, I also get very frustrated with the compromising, but, um, and the, and the um, integrity piece but I don't, I don't know if integrity is, is the key here. Like, I don't know if, if, if integrity in this kind of strong sense of the word is, is possible uh, in the kind of world that the New Testament says we live in. Um, last night, what, I, I, did, I finished all my reading for, for class this week and, and different things got canceled and stuff. And so I read the Bible to Andrea. It's the first time I read the Bible since I uh, stopped preaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and I read uh, the section where uh, the New Testament talks about the prince of the world, right? And there's this sense in which um, the when when Paul and and pseudo Paul talks about powers and thrones and forces and dominions, he the enemy, whatever that is, uh, is is referred to by Paul as the prince of this world. Uh, and then I think in the book of Colossians, it's referred to as the God of this world with a lowercase g, it's, you know, without the, without the, uh, the definitive article. And like what that all means to me is there is sort of, it, 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 it's more than there is a profound sinful brokenness in the world. You know, it's, it's more than just things are amiss. Things are amiss. But what's more is, is that there is a sense in which um, 
all of the stuff that people say about Jesus being on the throne is not true. Mm. You know, it's not that Jesus isn't Lord, you know, and it's not that it's not that at all. It's not that God isn't in fact the source of existence. God is. Um, but right now in this present darkness, you know, when we see using all the new Testament language, when we see as through a glass, you know, half darkly. And, and when we, you know, in, in this time of during the fall, the prince of this world is on the throne. Jesus, Jesus isn't on the throne. There is there. None of that is true. You know, the, the world is governed by evil logics. It's governed by um, powers and forces that, that govern it, you know, in, in its sort of full sense. And that there's a sense in which to be a Christian with integrity in this world uh, is not to be polite, although I don't think there's anything wrong with being polite. You know, it's not to live virtuously, although I think virtue is important and good. It's, it's to live as, you know, weird rebels that are still caught up in all of the bad stuff, but, but who's to find themselves formed by somebody who is not the prince of the world, at least a little bit. You know, and so it's unglamorous and it's and it's messy, but it's messy in an even unsexy way. You know, it's 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 messy in the way accounting is messy. You know, it's 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 not not in the way, you know, mud wrestling is messy. You know, it's it's messy in the way uh, and, and that that things we don't like doing are messy. You know, and I think that's. Is that integrity? Well, it's not integrity in the sense of I live as the shining example of Jesus. You know, yes, that that would not be true. That would not be, it would not be integrity like that. But I think it's a kind of integrity. It's it's a it's an alienness that we have, you know, in in these kind of logics of the world, right? That we can only have if we're committed to it, that we can only have if we're if we're really listening to the movement of God, you know, that we can only have if we are, if we are formed and committed to being formed in those ways. And, and so in that sense, all of that old fundamental evangelical business is right. That every day is a decision to be this way, you know, that, that our tiniest decisions do in fact have these cosmic consequences you know, that, that the forces of evil really may have a foothold if we don't, if we don't decide to act and to be in a certain way. I don't know. That's not really an answer to anything you're saying. That's just me riffing, I guess. And so I'm, I'm sorry, but. No, it's, it's good. Um, yeah. I, and, and I like everything you're saying. I'm just, the the and the reason that I got shouty is that like all of the stuff that we used at the beginning to make fun of people who are voting for Donald Trump is stuff that like 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 the underlying theological problems and tension and and like all of this are still here 
regardless of who you vote for. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just want to make sure that we're holding everybody to the same standard. <laughs> um, sure. Sure. Okay, that's the, it's the Libra in me. Um, it's, oh, shut up. I'm quitting. <laughs> I'm quitting. It's the, it's the made up nonsense in me. <laughs> It's I'm the so proud of me. That went off much better than my Sophie's Choice joke. <laughs> God, I hate that. Oh man, that's enough to. I took a class in college called Myth, Magic, and Religion, Ooh. where we had to. Oh, it's the easiest day of my life. Where we had to. Um, one of the things we had to do was like look at our star charts from when we were born, and and basically like Madame Trelawney at every every class. Like, I'm not even making it up. Dr. Amy Symes would be like, all right, Ethan, what's going on with you in the stars? And I'm like, well, let's take a look here. It looks like Chiron is in orbit here, here, and here. And when I was born, Venus was yada, yada, yada. I imagine I'll probably get laid today. And then Beth would wink at me. <laughs> and Amy Symes would be like, great, A, next. <laughs> love that i love that oh man well will you sign us off for this for this minisode thanks for listening this has been a kind of a squirrely uh minisode of what the hell is the pastor we are spanks for you back on the dude and we will see you next time <laughs>